What is up, people, and welcome back to the Highline Podcast. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. What a weekend. Class. What a what an insane weekend. I think there's only one place to start, and that's at the top of the table. Where we had a, a lot, huge, of ch- lot of changes up there this there weekend. There has been t- chopping and changing. We had a huge clash between City and Liverpool. Uh, very big for the title race. What did you think of that result? The result, incredibly interesting. One that I called. Yeah, you did. And I wasn't surprised to see. Yeah. The performance of both teams would have surprised me though. City were in third gear, like we said. Yeah. And, and again, as I thought, I didn't think that'd be enough to get them over the line. And I still felt City should have won the game. But that's been City all the season. They yeah. haven't been put they haven't been Root decisive enough no, to finish haven't. off games. And that gives teams a chance. And I don't think it can give this Liverpool team a chance. The only thing I think I go back on though, I remember around, in around this stage last season, I remember thinking, geez, I don't know, City look kind of gettable this year. Do you think this is just another case of City kind of starting a bit stop sturdy and by the end of, you know, come March, April, May, they're just going to be turning through three points? I do think ultimately that will happen. That's been City for the last three years. So there's no evidence to say that it's going to be any different. But of course, I think... Liverpool are better this year. I think Arsenal is another team that we'll touch on later, but they're churning out results. Yeah. And I think come March or April, I think Liverpool and Arsenal will be better equipped to put together a run themselves. But again, neither team has proven it yet. So I can only go off of what I've seen in the last few years. And that's, this is typical city. They, Trug, they trudge through their games and then they hit you where it hurts. But I hope that's not what happens. Did you think a draw was a fair result based on the way the both teams performed? And what did you think of the way both teams performed? Obviously, we touched on City there, but even going to Liverpool, there was a, there was a. It was almost like it was a hangover of the international break. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Saturday morning kickoff didn't help either team. I think Klopp touched on it that most players didn't get back till Thursday so they only had they only had one day of training and that's not enough prep for a game as big as that so there was a bit of touch and go and either team didn't want to commit as much but I think Liverpool would be delighted with the result they've gotten Mm. absolutely delighted and was a draw fair result I can't really remember any massive City chances that were missed can you? No no I mean I think even going to Liverpool, I think Darwin had a few. I like I said, I, I don't think the big ones fell to Salah. No, Salah, I thought had a poor game. He was poor. There wasn't a lot of he huge, like fantastic performers. I thought Trent was decent. Trent was good going forward. <clears throat> Trent was, was really good, going, good forward. going forward. Doku did did take him a walk a few times. Um, Doku was dangerous. Anything City did well came down that left. I felt. Um, I thought Gravenberch was really good when he came on. I think yeah. the. the Substitution of Luis Diaz and Gravenberch swung the game more Toward in Liverpool's Liverpool. favour. And but we did note that when the teams came out that Liverpool had better bench. Had stuff off the yeah. bench that could cause city problems. And did it that bench did cause city problems. I thought Liverpool defended well. They I did. thought Matip was good. They did. Matip was really good. Van Dyke was solid as always. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought McAllister done well yeah. in the six as well. 
I thought they matched up to City much better than I actually expected them to. Especially at the end, you heard in Pep's press conference again, him looking for more noise from the City fans. Like it's it's, it's never a good look. It's not a good it's look. Never, it's never a bit embarrassing. Like, but like the atmosphere was poor. It was so dead. It didn't feel like a top of the table clash. First had, versus had such second. Riding on it as <clears throat> there was, yeah. it was strange. But I think that's just the Eddie had summed up. The Eddie had struggles to create a memorable atmosphere. If that was in Anfield, it'd be a completely different story. You were in the Eddie had as well, weren't you? I was, yeah. I was in the Eddie had a few years ago for the Manchester Derby. <coughs> I couldn't get over how poor it was. Yeah, I know. And that was a typical Manchester City trashing yeah. of their neighbours and there still wasn't massive party celebrations or anything. It's a strange stadium. It's very weird. Both those teams obviously dropping two points this weekend left the gap open for Arsenal to go to Brentford and win. And win they did. Very far from convincing though But they got the job done Which is what A game at Brentford Stadium Tends to be For these clubs mm. Brentford We touched on it before They have Great home record mm. And Arsenal Arsenal are an interesting case I think They have If you compare them To last season They, they haven't blown me off my They're still season. top of the table though yeah. That's what's incredible About this Arsenal team Is last season You think of the Free flowing football solid solidity at the back you were off your seat there was so much passion in the team Arteta had so much charisma Saka was incredible Odegaard was incredible Martinelli was incredible Jesus was even incredible all these players were fantastic whereas they just seemed to be grinding out results which I think makes Arsenal a team to be feared actually more than anything really because this Arsenal team has another just like City they have another good few gears to go once things start clicking because they've not clicked yet this season at all not at all like and I feel like the it, only player there's <coughs> only two players that have been consistent for Arsenal this season and that's Saliba and Rice yeah and I feel like the, their attacking players have not even got into third gear yet no Saka's not at it no Martinelli's not at it Jesus has had a kind of bad time he's been out but they are but they're still getting the those line. results and I think those results would really stand to them and the fact that they're not playing to anywhere near their potential and they're still top of the table, they've got to be feeling fantastic about themselves. But you could nearly say that about those three teams as a whole. Arsenal haven't been at their absolute best. City haven't been at their absolute best. And Liverpool, would you say they have another step to go or do you think they're closer to their level? I think Liverpool are closer to their level so right now. So do I. So I think if, the both, if, if City and Arsenal do find those other gears, they will leave Liverpool behind them. Maybe. That's my point. Maybe. I still think Liverpool are very dangerous with their attack. Mm. And they've got a belief in there as well. What did you think of the Brentford-Arsenal game? There's a few... Arsenal... The way I see this, Arsenal just got the job done. Right. Like, the Brentford didn't really threaten too much. They had a big chance in the second half. They had, they had a few big chances, courtesy of Ramsdale in the first half. Big chance. That was... Yeah. He was shaken. Yeah, he was poor Ramsdale that first half. He really was really poor. poor. He was really, really shaken. Like there was just a few, like even heard Arteta in, in his press conference or his post-match interview after he was, he didn't even really want to go into it. No. Like, but that's an absolute result of how I feel he's managed the situation. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. But David Raya is his number one keeper. And I think the sooner he comes out and just says that, yeah. the better it is for all parties. Yeah. And Ramsdale, Ramsdale's not going to struggle to get a move elsewhere. Ramsdale's a decent goalie. Ramsdale will get a move. So it's just I think he it's won't best. get a move to another team like an Arsenal though. He'll have to drop a peg or two. 
I could see the likes of Chelsea signing him. Really? Aaron Ramsdale? Yeah. After getting Robert Sanchez? Well, Robert Sanchez is not their number one goalie. I think that's clear for all to see. Yeah. He was more a stopgap. Hmm. Do you think Ramsdale... And Arsenal, or Chelsea nearly do that just to piss Arsenal off as well. Do you think Ramsdale's good enough to go to Chelsea and be their number one? I mean, for a stage last season, I was saying that Ramsdale should be starting over Pickford for England. Yeah. He was England's best goalie. And now all of a sudden, because Arteta's gone and basically shattered the lad's confidence. Yeah. Everyone's saying Ramsdale's not a great goalie. Ramsdale last season was one of the best goalies in the league. Mm. He, yeah, he had a mistake in him, but at the end of the day, he's still a young young keeper as well. Yeah. He's got a lot of maturing to do still. He's got all, he's got all the components for a modern day goalie. Just the attitude can be questioned, but And some of the stuff he says in an interview. I mean, we touched on that. He's still young. I don't yeah. like judging players when they're too young. Yeah. But I think it is. I think Ramsdale is an interesting one. I want to keep an eye on in January, absolutely, as well, because I can't see him being happy with the situation, especially with the Euros around the corner. Yeah. He's going to want to play, and he's not going to be playing at Arsenal. So a move in January is surely likely. It's just where he'll go. What has it? Has this weekend changed your kind of stance on who you think can win the league? Do you think it's tighter race than you were expecting? Do you think it's made me stand up and take note of Arsenal a lot more? Really? Yeah. I was really impressed. I asked the question of them, could they go and get the job done there? I didn't think they'd be convincing. I thought they'd go and they'd get the job done. And if they did, I'd really fancy them and it'd give them a lot of belief. And they did exactly that. Yeah. And I don't think they're playing anywhere near their capabilities. I kind of, my, my head goes the other way. I, I more so look at it like, are they slightly performing worse than last year was last season oh, they're, they're performing way worse than last but season. was last season their absolute best and them not getting over the line last season has shot them for this year and they can't reach those same levels like those very very razor tight 1-0 wins away to Brentford can and will very easily go the other way if they keep playing with fire like that and they can't allow it to happen I I would tend to go the other way with Arsenal and think I think their performances aren't good enough to win the league as of now no but it's only November <clears throat> I don't think anyone's performances this season have been good enough to win the league no but City have the advantage of they know how to win the league of course yeah but that's all well and good until someone new comes and wins it yeah. I don't think it'll be this season to be honest I think next season will be the season where City the likes win. of Liverpool and Arsenal can go and Really, really properly challenged. But I think the longer they stay in it, the more they can build something. Hmm. But I wouldn't have a lot of faith, but I think you'd be silly to completely rule out Arsenal and Liverpool right now. Especially with the belief in Liverpool and the confidence in Liverpool. And I think a team that's not performing to their best and still getting results will come good eventually. I think Arsenal will come good, especially in January. If if Arsenal in January go and sign a striker, we've said that since mm-hmm. for the last we've few seen weeks. Reports this week as well that Brentford are not letting Ivan Tony go in January. They're linked with Vlahovic now, Arsenal. Mm. Vlahovic, and I've seen somewhere else that Osimhen is Arteta's target as well. But whether they can get these deals done in January is another thing. Yeah, I know. A big on the main event of Super Sunday, a big result. Huge. One big, I didn't big, see coming at all. Big, big result for Man United and a big performance. I mean, we have to start. With There's only one place to start with that game. With one of the, I mean, one of the best goals I've ever seen. 100%. It's, I was trying to think about I was thinking about it all day yesterday. I think it's the best overhead kick 
goal I've seen in the league. I don't think you're silly to say that at all. <clears throat> I think it's better because I think the only other one I'd put at the top was always Rooney's. Yeah. And I think I have it over Rooney's. The technique on Garnacho's bicycle kick is outrageous. <laughs> Do you know what actually makes it stand out ahead of others for me? What? It's the ball in. It's, it's not, the not ball even the ball in. in. I think what makes it stand out a lot, as well as the ball in being so far it's, away the from The ball him, in is, is, is whizzed. It's so hard. And it's, and it's so behind him. You completely forget how far out he actually is. He's very close to the edge of the he box. He is borderline edge of the box. He's a good 16 yards out when he hits that. Yeah. And it goes flying into the top corner. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And even what heightens that goal even more is the actual build-up before it. It's actually a oh, great everything. team goal. Yeah. Lindelof spray pass out to Rashford. <clears throat> the, o- the overlap from Dallow. Rashford plays the ball to Dallow. Dallow swings it in. And yeah, it's a poor cross. But Garnacho makes it look a good cross. Like... I even think you go back. You could go a few steps further back in terms of build up. Yeah, like Manu collects it in the middle. Go p- back further. It to Martial, go go it back, back further. Go before the whistle even blows. That stadium is a cesspit. Yeah, the, the the atmosphere. You couldn't hear the Premier League anthem. It was just banners. The whole stadium was red with the banners of corruption for the Premier League after their ten point deduction in Goodison Park. It was. It was felt like the world against Man United at the time, with with just the cauldron that they I were did. in. When I heard when I heard <coughs> booze for the Premier League anthem, unbelievable. I went, United don't have a prayer. Yeah, it just seemed like one of those Everton games. Yeah, and next thing you know, great some great play, one hundred and fifty seconds in, and Alejandro Garnacho does that. It was the best thing that could have happened yeah. to United in that game. Because it completely shut everybody up. Yeah. But I just want to—I just want to talk about the technique on that Garnacho because you—he ha- has to take steps backwards. He has completely shift. He's fully going backwards. He's running to the back post for the cross, and he has to shift his body, take steps backwards, then maneuver his body, swing the two legs up like that's rid- and it's so high, high. It's such a jump. It's so high in the air, and he has such a split second to get the two legs up to get the, his foot across and swing it. Into the top corner, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it is without a doubt one of the best goals in Premier League history. It's, it's phenomenal. Where would you have it in terms of Ronaldo against Juventus and Bale against Liverpool? I think Bale's against Liverpool for the occasion and for the importance of the goal always has to be up there. Hmm. But technique wise, the, I need those bicycle kicks for Ronaldo. Ronaldo may be more so than Bale. Ronaldo has to run, but he's running towards it nearly. He has his back to goal already. Yeah, yeah. And he's running towards it. Bale, the ball is just flying to him and he doesn't have to move much. It's just nearly split it's second It's pure thinking. instinct with Bale. It's split second instinct. He flies up and It's unbelievable. It. But with Garnacho, there's so much more to it. There's the distance he is out from the goal, the angle it's at. Remember, remember as well, Bale is generating little to no power. He's flicking. That's a flick yeah, on. Yeah, it's all from the cross. That Garnacho is fully generating yeah. the power. Same with Ronaldo. Ronaldo fully generated that power. Yeah, from from his overhead kick. But Garnacho flies in top corner. Now, the more I think about it, the more I just think <coughs> the technique has to take over for yeah. that Garnacho goal. It's one of the most technically pleasing goals I've yeah. ever seen. Like the, there's only one overhead kick that I can look. The others could be better. Yeah, it's everyone. It's subjective. 
there's one I would say is definitely it's still Zlatan against England. That that is yeah. still one of the most freakish goals I've ever seen in my life. He's so far out. Like. He's, we just, about he's just being so far, far out. out. Like he's nearly on the touchline. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that goal, Garnacho's is really up there for me. Yeah, even that goal aside, the confidence that was due for Garnacho as well oh, because stop. he's had a. All them United forwards have had a rocky, shaky start. Yeah. Rocky, never mind start. Short, rocky, shaky season. Yeah. And all three of them, all three of United's forwards on Sunday scored. And that, that'll be a massive boost. It's a massive boost in general for United on a game where they didn't necessarily play too well, but you would still say it was their best performance over 90 minutes this season. Because usually we go, United had a good 30 minutes, United had a good 20 minutes, they had a good 40 minutes. But I think over the 90 minutes as a performance as a whole, it's probably their best performance this season and that is not saying a lot. What did you think of the game? I thought any other game this season, you know, you'd go 3-1 into halftime, 3-1 down because everyone had that many chances. But I think it's a switch in the United mentality that they were getting punched but still stood up. I've seen United all season just back down and crumble. They didn't crumble. They still stood up. Manu was throwing in challenges. Maguire was throwing in challenges. Lindelof was still challenging. Luke Shaw was challenging. They were still fighting at least. Mm. I've seen United just say, oh, we're under the cosh. We're getting plummeted. Mm. Well, let's, we're just not able for this. And they down the tools. The heads go down. The heads didn't go down. They still tried to play back to one another. Yeah, it didn't work. But they still tried it. They stuck to the game plan. They still... And in the second <coughs> half, Ten Hag must have said something to them because I thought they were better in the second half. They really were they realised that they were lucky and they said, we need to take the game to Everton and they did. And I think a special mention has to go out to Kobe Menu because that is yeah. one of the calmest, most composed debuts I have ever seen from an 18-year-old midfielder. That was incredible. I thought United were very poor. I thought... In the first half, they yeah, were I don't think you can call the them first very poor half, in the second they half. They were getting battered. Absolutely battered how we went in at halftime winning is beyond me. But we have to mention Cobby. Yeah, he yeah, was. He, I, it's, it's so rare you see kind of a guy gen, generally you don't know much yeah. about. Yeah. You've seen him a couple of times in pre-season. <coughs> he was good. But, but pre-season was, was, is pre-season. This was his announcement to the Premier League. Yeah. And for him to get, to, for him to go out there as a lone six in that United midfield. And that United in midfield. In that stadium. And to play as good, he was better on the pitch, to play as good as he did, he dragged the ball forward. He, he looked for it actively all the time from the defenders. Actively. In a pocket, completely on his own, isolated. And he dragged the ball forward to get us up the pitch. I think he's more capable than any of our midfielders. That's only of a 90-minute glance. I thought he was fantastic. I, absolutely amazing. I think he needs a special mention. He's, he's a huge talent. I think he's a welcome addition for Onana as well. Yeah. I think Onana all season has been looking for any United midfielder to drop into the pocket that he could just pass it to instead of lobbing it forward because that's all he's been doing all season because there's been no one actually capable of dropping into those pockets, taking the ball on the half turn, dribbling past, progressing the ball. I think that's the midfielder Ten Hag has been crying out for. You see, when he first joined, when he was looking for Frankie de Jong, he is the Frankie de Jong mould. Mm. The way he can take the ball on the half turn, dribble past people. He waits for the player to come, knocks it past him. He's got such a football arrogance about him. 
yeah. in his the way he takes the ball and progresses the ball. He's f- from all the United midfielders you've watched over the last yeah. few years, yeah. night and day in terms of talent yeah. and football and ability. Yeah. And I think he has the potential to be a real catalyst for United this season, especially in that midfield that has been so poor. Another player you'd have to touch on when you're talking about United is Rashford. I mean, it was so, so bad at times. That right wing is not for him. And I think what's usually we watch Rashford on that right wing and we go, that right wing is not for Rashford. He needs to play on the left. Why isn't he playing on the left? Whereas now I'm like, Rashford is not... United's best left winger at the minute. Garnacho is outperforming him. And Garnacho is more influential. And Garnacho is just playing better at the minute. Garnacho deserves the left wing over Rashford right now. Yeah. Without a doubt, Rashford is very close to not starting that team anymore. And like we're the United at the minute are a team with limited winger options. Yeah, for sure. Like, like you're was, looking at police tree if it's not there Rashford. There was times where you were thinking, geez, maybe it'd be better to bring on police tree for Rashford. Yeah. Honest to God, he, he couldn't keep the ball. He looked lethargic. He looked slow. He looked like... He it, just kept running down blind alleys. Just was so poor. No ideas. No ideas. Like, and I think it says a lot. Like, I think it was noticed by his teammates with Bruno obviously giving, giving Rashford the penalty. I think Bruno deserves a lot of praise for that because yeah. that could have gone horrendously wrong like there's some moments where you just need the balls to say this is what I feel is right right now because that that's not like a we're 2-0 up gimme penalty no it was that was 1-0 up very tight against the Kosh yeah. United were lucky that they were still winning at half time they got the penalty it was like okay Bruno steps up puts it away captain's performance but the fact he noted no I think because sometimes you get that sixth sense as a player, you go, right, this is a moment for somebody. He must, because everyone in the stadium, everyone watching went, mm. oh, the Bruno's going to hit this. No one dreamed that it was going to be given to Rashford, yeah. especially with the way he was playing. But like Bruno must have been looking at, Jesus, Rashford's playing bad, not just this game, all season. If I give him this decisive penalty, not just a gimme penalty, I'll give him a decisive penalty and he'll put it away because Rashford, if there's one thing Rashford is confident in, it's penalties. Mm. He usually puts them away, bar the Euros final. Yeah. And he goes, if Rashford can take this and he scores, pressure in this stadium, this big moment, it's, it could be a season to find a moment for him, even if it isn't, but at least it could be. Yeah. I thought, I thought in a season where Bruno has been battered yeah. for being the captain of United, I thought it was... <clears throat> I thought, I thought it was a masterstroke mm. of and a real sign of his ability as a leader and a captain of that mm. team. And I think it's something that that United team need yeah. is a leader like that. But I think I'm not going to let this United game go without a special, special mention for Anthony Martial. You love Martial. Because I don't know why you love Martial. He was up top his first game in months and he goes and he bags and he was brilliant. He was linking play like he always does. He played solid. He played solid. I don't and, I, and I, look. I thought Martial has great quality, great ability. I think over the years with all his injuries, he just can't anymore. But he's adapted his game. Actually, he doesn't actually sprint as much anymore. He gets himself into positions and he just knocks it on. Hmm. He was actually he was, he was really good. And he, he was, was really good, good out. And he got a goal. A great he was finish. a really good out ball for United, and it was just trademark. Yeah, it was trademark Martial finish, yeah. touch chip. 
He just loves scoring against Everton. He does love scoring. He has an amazing Love record. scoring against Everton. Eight, eight against Everton? Nine. Nine. Ridiculous. Seven in the league. Ridiculous Three record. more than yeah. the next team he scored the most against. What did you think of Luke Shaw's return? He's so important to United. He's he, so important. He could be the most important. He is. He's the most influential on United's play. The way he can progress the ball, his his cleverness, his know-how. Just like you can see, even in difficult moments, he gets his body in and he wins a foul. United need that sort of leadership and that sort of intelligence in a game because they're a young team right now. Especially with the likes of Manu's coming yeah. in, Garnacho's becoming a starter, Hannibal comes off the bench, mm-hmm. Polistri comes off the bench. Very young team. These The team is getting younger. And they need those big characters to step up. And Luke Shaw is, without a doubt, a big character in that United team. And really quick, before leaving this game, we'll touch on Everton. What did you make? They definitely have enough to stay up. Like, an, another day, Everton either draw 3-all or win 4-3 because they had so many golden chances. Yeah. It nearly felt reminiscent of them at the start of the season. Hmm. Creating all these chances and not scoring. And it was only in the last few weeks that they had started taking those chances and playing well. So maybe it was just one of those the occasion got to them and when they got the chances it was too big for them. But I know I think Everton will be I think Everton will be okay. In the same race for this top four we have a new team in fourth. We do. Replacing Spurs and it is Villa who and the precursor of Super Sunday beat Spurs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They beat them 2-1 as predicted by both of us. Yep. What did you think of their performance? It was a huge win for them. I thought they were quite poor first. I was actually so impressed with Spurs. Yeah, I really was impressed. I thought with Spurs. Spurs' first half were fantastic. I really thought like they played like they did not have the caliber of players on their pitch that they no. needed or that they were used to this past couple of weeks. But they played with the same tenacity, same way, same desire. They didn't play with a six or any center halves. They played with zero center. You're right. They played with four fullbacks. Yeah, they played with an eight, a ten, and a right winger in midfield. Who's the right winger in midfield? Kulisevsky, number 10. Oh, he was the 10, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And they were really good. Like, it, it, took, it took Villa to get a very, very late header in the first half for him to go in at yeah. halftime. Drawn. And that was that was so, so important for them in that game. Yeah, that like they got was, that goal. It, it was Villa that made all the changes at halftime, remember? They yeah. weren't happy with the and way those, they were playing. In fairness to Emery, and he's shown this throughout time his entire career, again. he can note things in a game and he can note that he got the Maddie Cash on right wing wrong Yeah, Diaby wasn't quite getting into it like it takes Diaby's been one of their best players mm-hmm. usually you'd be like I'll leave Diaby on he might grow into it he just went no no he's not working put Bailey in there and he didn't even he actually put Bailey right wing and he moved Tielemans up closer to Watkins which really which really worked really worked for Watkins and you can see it in the goal it was Tielemans that played the ball to Watkins mm. it was a savage finish by Watkins phenomenal well. finish phenomenal. so good again he's been fantastic quick touch bang and he had a goal chalked off offside yeah. not long before and that. he missed a couple of chances he could have had three or four yeah again it was in that second half that Villa really took the game to Spurs I think Spurs tired out as well because they gave so much that first half as they normally do yeah as they normally do do you think Villa are a real threat for fourth keep, keep going as they're going Definitely, but this was this was Villa's statement win of the season. Definitely. They've been not great away from home. They lost to Forest, remember, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. They didn't look convincing in the first half. I was at half time I was thinking, Jesus, Villa away from home seems a really big problem for yeah. them because they don't seem to be convincing there at all. But they came Emery made the changes in the second half and they took the game away from Spurs. They probably were deserved winners based on the second half, but that game could have been so different. 
The Spurs took their chances in the first So half. different. The Spurs. And it, it is, I think Son had a hat-trick of offside goals. He did, but that's what happens. They're the two highest lines in the league. Yeah. It was a game of offsides. Yeah. Like, Eve Watkins had a goal chalked off offside. It was it was such an entertaining game, actually. Great it was game. an interesting game as well. It was so All of it was played, kind of, squashed in between these two massive high lines. A couple of passes, and it was just constant trying to ping over the top. Yeah. It was very interesting to watch. And I, I really loved how Emery switched it up and moved Tielemans closer because it just gave Watkins someone that could pick the pass closer to that last line of Spurs defence. I thought it was really clever by Emery, actually, and one I didn't, wouldn't have thought of doing. I want to transition to this. So that was that was a game we both had called in our last podcast, and I want to shift yeah. to a game that we were both very, very wrong on, and that is Chelsea won yeah. Newcastle 4. Now, in fairness, I did not expect Newcastle's team to be as strong as it was. They had players back. They didn't. They did not let me know that they were back. Mm. Like Isaac back was yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. And Gamares back was huge as well. Gamares actually, I saw a stat today that Gamares has missed seven games since Newcastle signed him in right. January twenty twenty one. I think. Yeah. They haven't won any of the seven. Seriously, they have not won a game that Gamares hasn't been playing. What's your opinion on Chelsea in that game? They were in it. They were in it until they conceded that goal to Lascelles. It was one all. Sterling hit the free kick. Yeah. Yeah, Newcastle were back to their best, but Chelsea still had something about them. They weren't giving up too many big chances to Newcastle or anything. Mm. But they lost Lascelles on the set piece. And then, I felt like and then a, a moment of, of madness from Thiago Silva, literally 90 seconds later. Yeah. And it's 3-1 at St. James as the game's done. Yeah. Chelsea, they have a young team and they've has epitomised epitomised by Reese James' two yellows. Yeah. Like that's not a captain it's contribution a captain. at all. I thought I was really disappointed with how Chelsea let just combust and let that game get away from them. Because they, they could have got something. <laughs> I thought they were very weak in defending the Newcastle crosses. Yeah. It was always a free man for Newcastle. Like if you remember, I think Joe Linton missed an absolute sitter. Yeah the far post I thought you're right I thought Chelsea were in it and it was reasonably I thought Newcastle maybe started the better team mm. Chelsea grew into it after the Sterling goal I felt I felt it was reasonably even in the first half like you said a few punches and they combusted yeah another special mention actually for another young midfielder Lewis Miley fantastic a great pass for that Isaac yeah. goal he's only 17 yeah. and a great performance again from Isaac and Isaac's back back and back amongst the goals. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he's, he was great. he was really good too. Gamara is great as always. And another another player that actually we haven't given a lot of prop to on this podcast, Anthony Gordon. He's been he's brilliant been, for Newcastle this he season. He has been brilliant this season. And he scored he was a lovely goal. He scored well taken. so tidy. Yeah. And one of those players that when I seen Newcastle signed him, I thought, ah, he's he's decent, like. Anthony Gordon's decent, but he's not a world beater at all. And what does this do for any of those teams' top four hopes, do you think? that That's another race that's wide open. Mm-hmm. Like, United are in amongst it in their worst season. Ever. Worst performances I've ever seen. They're, they're, they're six points off top, Man United are. Yeah. They're only I, two I, off. They're only two, two off scorers four, yeah. in this groundbreaking, fantastic, amazing season that they're having. Yeah. United can't be ruled out. I said it in our quarter-year review that I think United will have a big... Second half of the season. Five wins in the past six. They're the most informed team in the league still. And it was their first win by more than one goal margin. 
Yeah, against Everton. So they're taking... Now they are going to St. James's next week after a trip to Turkey midweek. Very tough. They've gotten over the first hurdle. I didn't think they'd get over the Goodison Park hurdle. They got over it. If they can get through Turkey yeah. and get a win there, I'll really go, wow, okay. Possible. Okay, United are... Yeah. At least they're showing a bit of backbone now. Yeah, yeah. Like, all United needs to show is a bit of backbone. They have the quality. They have the quality up front. They can change a game. Mm-hmm. The midfield seems to be taking a bit of shape. Luke Shaw is coming back. Once once Martinez is back, he has his first choice back four back. True. And he has Onana coming into form. When is finally. Martinez due back? I don't think it's until the end of December. Really? It's a shame. He's a huge miss. He's a huge miss for them. But do you think Chelsea or, or Newcastle can break that? I don't think forward? Chelsea can. I think Chelsea this season are almost a write-off already. They're eight points behind United. Yeah. In sixth. Yeah. It's they're, not, they're too far off. They're too far off, I think. And they're not they're not consistent enough. But Newcastle? Newcastle definitely can. Especially if they're out of Europe. Yeah. They'll have nothing but the league to focus on. Which United could have as well. Like there could be every team in there bar Villa could just yeah, have the Europe. league to focus on. And I think if that is the case, I think Villa will struggle then because I feel Emery will prioritise that trophy and I think that would be fair enough. Yeah, that's Because Villa getting a European trophy would be massive. You've seen how big a night it was for West Ham last year. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And I think Villa will be comfortable enough to finish top seven anyway. So they'd still get Europe and even if they won the Conference League, they'd go into Europa. So I think winning the Conference League for Villa is a win-win for them. Who finishes fourth though is ah, a toss-up right now. You, you you do believe those City, Arsenal, Liverpool are shoo-ins. Yeah, I think... So you think there's all those teams are battling for one spot? That's the top three going for first, yeah. And then top four is Villa, Newcastle, United and Spurs. It's a big race. Yeah, there's races all over the table. Like. We're going to turn our attention now to the bottom of the league. Huge wins for Luton and Bournemouth. What Can't get over Luton. Fantastic win. Fantastic win. And even the likes of Bournemouth, I think this... This Bournemouth-Sheffield game is just shown, it's just shown that Bournemouth, the team Bournemouth have, are ahead of the Sheffield team. And you, I, you think so? I did. They just won 3-0 away yeah. at Sheffield. Yeah. And they were the better team. They were pummeling. We had they, the, they, the game yeah. was on. I was watching it. They were, they were, they they were, were pummeling. They were streets. Streets. Like, I look at... Bournemouth have a lovely attack going on there. Like with Solanke, they have Cloyvert, they have that Tavernier. He's scoring goals since last season. And then Semenyo as well. Semenyo is a tidy little player too. If you look, there's actually quite a gap now in the bottom There three. is. There really the, is. Luton are, with that win against Palace, fantastic win. They're now up to nine points and the bottom three is five points, four and four. Yeah. You know, you have, you have Everton down there on four points, so they could get out, so... What impressed me about Luton was they went 1-0 up. Yeah. Then the Palace drew back from an absolute <laughs> worldly by Elise. Yeah. And I just thought, it'll take some character from Luton now to get another goal. Like, one all for Luton at Pal- against Palace, even if it is at home, yeah. is a big result for them. I didn't think they'd have it in them to go and get another one. But this it was it's their first um, Premier League win at home. It's it's an absolute. It's a, did you it's, did you see the second Luton goal? Who who is it? It was Brown, but it was, was the it cross that? I'm talking about. No, phenomenal Ogbeni. Really, one of Ireland's finest. No, of course. And 
Honestly, go home and look it up. Yeah. It was one of the finest crosses I've seen. Very, very, very bleak day for Sheffield. Yeah, that's another, that's another poor home result for them. I, I go back to the thrashing by Newcastle there. They've had, you don't get away with thrashings like that, especially against relegation rivals. You can't have your relegation rival go to your home ground and spank you 3-0. It just no, can't, you happen. can't happen. It just can't happen. It's, and again, I just... Danger. Before... It's another poor day for company as well. I was going to just say, I was going to move to that. West Ham did get their win away from home at Burnley. They didn't deserve it either. I think that's what will sicken company the most. Yeah. We watched that game. At the, Burnley were... They were creating chances they were like creating. they have been and they just can't take them. They don't have the quality up front. It was it was it was just the cuteness of West Ham you playing to their strengths again. Yeah. That got them over the line. Kudus. Kudus. Serious player. But what do you think that'll do for Burnley's and their confidence again? Do you think it'll improve their confidence that they can go no. West Ham? Burnley's confidence gotta be shot. Yeah. They're putting in performances like this. But this is what I'm weeks. saying. I think they have the performances that they will have to turn to goals. That's at some well stage. and good, but they can't score. It, it, they'll have to turn to goals at some stage of the season. They'll have to pick up a three points here or three points there. And at the bottom yeah, but of the what, league, what evidence at the bottom of the league, that's though? enough. The who, chances. Who's scoring for them though? Who's Burnley's the, goals? An own goal will get it. They're creating oh, chances. Oh come on! They can't be banking on chances. own goals. They're creating chances. They're not a lost cause down there. They're far from a lost cause. I've watched them enough. I've watched them play enough. I've Sheffield them. have goals in McBurney. Bournemouth have goals in Solanke. Luton have goals in Morris. Burnley have Rodriguez. Please. Yeah, Jay Rodriguez. Please, man. Phenomenal. I, want, I don't want to hear this anymore. Because you're, you're in no, Burnley's no, corner. They're, they're, you're in Burnley's corner giving company the big in all season. I like I, how they play. That's beautiful. Brilliant. Fantastic. Where are they? Rock bottom. Four points. Yeah. Four points. Look, I write this down. I do not think they're getting relegated. I'm not even going to write it down because don't need to. I'm just going to keep it Remember etched that. in my brain. I don't think they're getting relegated. Because I did predict West Ham would beat them. Yeah. I'm right about that. Well, I, don't think, I, think that I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think they're guaranteed. You think they're toast? Yeah, they're, sh- they're shit, man. I, I hate, I hate a team that creates chances like that and doesn't fucking finish. What's worse is a team that creates nothing. That's worse. If a team creates nothing, scores and wins. No, 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 no. If a team creates nothing, doesn't score and loses, that's worse. It's just the exact same as what Burnley are doing right now. No, there's hope. They're creating chances. There's they have the quality hope. there. Do what do you mean they have the quality there? They have the quality enough to create the chances. But they don't have the quality the to finish it. It's pointless. In. The goals to get in, they'll get someone in January to try put the ball, or or someone will come into a purple patch. Do you know what it's, they'll do? Happen. Do you know what Burnley? Burnley will stay up if they do this. Right, go on. They recall Weghorst from loan. They won't do that. Well, if they do, they where, stay Where up. is he on loan? He's, uh, it's, oh, it's he's in Germany. Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. He's in Hoffenheim. And I guarantee you, if I was to whip up his stats right now. Great goal again in the internationals. He was playing Ireland. Please. They don't count. Weghorst. Guarantee you he scored nothing. But I'm telling you. In Hoffenheim? Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, three three goals in ten games. Tell you, tell you what. what? Tell you what. Do you know what? I bet you it's more than any other Burnley player who scored this season. Yeah, no, it is. Burnley aren't really scoring. Burnley's top scorer yeah. is Lyle Foster with three, but unfortunately he can't play. And after that, it's Josh Brownhill with two. And after that, Charlie Taylor with one. Some goals in that team. Yeah. They're centre midfielder. You know what? They might be called 
I think they should. To I be honest, they should too. To be honest, I think if Burnley recalled Weghorst, I, th- I would give them a serious chance. Yeah, that's the god honest truth. <laughs> I need to come away from this. <laughs> Brighton are back to winning ways. Do you know what? Fair play to Brighton because yeah. we watched the last was it ten minutes? There was, last there was ten like minutes. eleven or twelve minutes yeah. additional time, and Brighton away at Forest. 10 men Lewis Dunk as well got sent off for 77 minutes for calling the ref a bell end yeah no no he did I know he, no, he called him a bald prick oh a bald prick it's not better either way no who who went up to the ref because you can see you can hear oh Van Hecke Van Hecke, Van Hecke goes Hecke up went to up the, the ref, ref and yeah. was like why are you sending him off and the ref goes because he called me a bald prick <laughs> and Van Hecke was just like this is a disgrace and again that's another massive loss for Brighton <laughs> he's gone for two games yeah huge but um, another great goal by Fergie and Joe Pedro scored a brace. I yeah, believe. brace. Yeah, Alanga scored. Alanga on the score sheet. Alanga. Alanga's tidy little yeah, pick up for Forrest there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't get the job done. No. And they're without Awani. He's injured for yeah, a while. Steve a while. Cooper says so. Alanga is going to be their main source of goals, and I'm not sure if I'd hang the hat on him. But he's Man, playing well. He's playing all right. So not say nothing until there's something to say. But anyways, back to Brighton. Great win for them. It's their first win since September. They leaked a few chances, an awful lot of chances from what we saw. They did. But that's natural at down to 10 men with Forrest at home chasing an yeah. equaliser. Yeah, true. Um, but you can see in De Zerbe's celebration at full time where he, he ran needed. straight to the away crowd. You can tell how much that win meant to him and the team and right, rightly so because they had been in a pretty poor place. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how they kick on from that. Lastly, we're just going to touch on a game that's literally just ended, which is Fulham at home to Wolves. A game, my I boys, did. Wolves. A game, a bit. hard done by. I did I predict think. it. I did predict it. Fulham did. did win. At, you did at also Kirby predict though that Jimenez was going to bag. I did predict Jimenez was going to. He didn't bag. He didn't bag. No. Um, are you surprised? No. You shot me. No, I'm not surprised. But you know what? I'm going to keep banking on him because he, he he has to score some stage. He has to. <laughs> Well, ever, it's, ever, it's since, win. ever since his incredibly unfortunate head injury, he's been fucking shit. No, he's been useless. But what a great win for Fulham. Yeah, it is a great win for Fulham really and a much is. needed one as well. Really, really needed. They were hovering too close for comfort. There, yeah. Really. But a great win. So that, that, and that Wolves, was. Wolves, no matter if it's at home or away, is a tough. Very much. And they were, again, a, it was a very controversial penalty decision that got yeah. them the win tonight. So Gary O'Neill again will be seated. Hard done by. So I don't think there's much. Complain about either of those two teams. I think they're both fine. Yeah, they'll be mid tables. They're yeah. thereabouts. They're, they're fine. Just before we finish, I want to touch on my review of my picks of where we were right, where we were wrong. We've yeah. kind of already touched on it. I did pick, which is the only one I got wrong. I was two out of three this week, which is in total five out of six. I did pick Brentford to pip Arsenal. I actually said lay Arsenal, mm. which means a draw would have been right. So obviously a last minute Havertz header. Yeah. It's not the worst result in the world. Jamie, to be fair, called that game it exactly how it would went, how it went. Arsenal would grind out a result. One nil win. And he was nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. I picked West Ham to beat Burnley away from home, which in the end just they about did. got over the line. They just about got over the line. Thanks to Kudus magic. And I did pick Villa to beat Spurs at Zandamasper Stadium, which they did do again kind Thanks of to Watkins quite close. Magic. Yeah. So it was it was there, a, good, a it lot was of tight games. Solid week again. A lot of tight games. It was solid week again. In fairness, no solid. You took your first L, but look, yeah, no, we we'll move. We'll still, move. Still a very, very positive uh, return. In fairness, there. Um, loads to look forward to in the week coming, which we will be covering our fighter podcast. It's been big, big week in the Champions League. 
massive, massive. For a couple of clubs, Newcastle and United in particular. Newcastle go to PSG. Do you have to give them a chance? I, said, I really do. said a couple of episodes ago that I have a sick, sick sense that Newcastle are going to make it out of that group. So I'm going to say yeah. I and think PSG have been in good form though lately. Dembele's in great form. Dembele's in great form. Mbappe is scoring as he always does. Yeah. But Zara Emery is out so that midfield is a bit shook. Yeah. But then again Newcastle like Newcastle squad is a bit depleted still. But Isaac back is big for them. Yeah. Gamares will have to go and make that midfield his own. Yeah. And but, it is in Parc de Prince, so it's quite difficult. And if Lewis Miley has to rock up to Parc de Prince at A17. I know. That'll be tough, but maybe he's the right player to go and do it. United have to go on back-to-back with wins as well here against Galatasaray yeah. away first. Do you give them a chance? Their strike force could be Pellistri, Martial and Garnacho because Rashford's suspended. He is suspended. and But with the way Rashford's been playing. I know, but still, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence. Hopefully for United, Hoyland is back. Is there a rumour he will be? A scene somewhere that it could be just too soon for him. Right. That Newcastle is more likely. Okay. And with Anthony out as well. Mm. Was he not just sick? Knock. A knock, oh, okay. But Manu, Manu will have to go and put in another big performance. Which he, he could be capable It's of Champions League debut, so we'll see. I've really liked what I've seen from him. I don't think it'll phase him based on what I've seen on Sunday. Very same. But. Big week in the Champions League. Yeah, it's huge. We will be chatting about all the Champions League results on Friday. We will be previewing the Premier League this weekend, which is another huge weekend, huge games again. Uh, But until then, guys, thank you again for listening and see you on Friday morning. Peace, guys.